0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Praise the Lord! You may be seated. It's totally an honor to to be here. Last time we were here, we ministered on the sheep and shepherd relationship, and uh, three things about sheep. I remember the first one: sheep are dumb. <laughs> I'm a sheep, but we're the dumbest animal on the planet. The second one is we're defenseless. You ever had a sheep run up to you and growl at you? No, they run from everything. And they run back into the herd hoping that the enemy will choose somebody else. Let me know we need one another. Huh? Amen. And the third one is we're directionless. We'll wander off and don't know why we did. Have you ever been there? Wake up and realize, where am I at? Huh? Especially in the world, boy, but it's, it's, it's almost like bring it over into Christianity. But if you're watching live all over the world today, we want to honor you and bless you and thank you for joining in with us. And uh, uh, we honor Pastors uh, Rusty, Miss Leah. I tell you, I, uh, I ran into Pastor Rusty's ministry back in the early 90s in Alexandria, Louisiana, and it totally changed my life. I'm a crybaby this morning, so forgive me if I'm going to cry all over y'all today, but glory to God. God is good, amen? amen. And I tell you, we're, we're, in, we're in good times. Even though it may look bad on the outside, there's good things going on. Glory to God. And um, I, I try to uh, hook Pastor Rusty up with every, every minister I come in contact with, and it took me three years to get Mark Brzee to have him at his church. Mark Mazie works slowly. I mean, if you know, he tells, he'll tells he tell you that. I'm slow. I'll go slow and slower. And I would say, You need to have Pastor Rusty in. He said, You think so? And that'd be He changed the subject. Next year, I tried him again. I said, You need to have Pastor Rusty in. You think so? He changed the subject. So the third year, he finally got him in there. And I'll tell you, you can't, you can't get him apart now. And uh, they, they just, uh, and Pastor Rusty's very thankful, but uh, we do pr- promote his ministry. And because uh, uh, I, I like I like getting ministry. If, you, if there's somebody's got something you need to hear, I want to see people get it. Amen. And uh, we uh, um, when I w- uh, was in Alexandria, we had a, uh, my daughter was about a year and a half. when We moved there and uh, got a brother from Joaquin here used to be in my youth group. <laughs> He's still making it, too. That's what's amazing. But uh, our daughter was very little and we uh, didn't know how to train children, raise children. My daddy had a big ring. He turned around and I got knots still on my head from training from him and uh, thought that would work and reverse psychology. Boy, I was a mess. And so uh, uh, a pastor there had a pastor from Clovis, New Mexico, Pastor David Swan. Write that down. If you have kids, going to have kids or you're going to have grandkids. Pastor David Swan from Clovis, New Mexico. Faith, uh, Faith, Faith, Faith Christian Fellowship Church, FCFC, go online, order their tapes on ch- how to train children. They used to have a book called Guarantee Your Child Success. They've changed it now to uh, Raising uh, Exceptional Children. It will deliver your life from, uh, from the problem because children are born with it, but you can get them free from it. It's called foolishness. Some of us didn't get free from it for a long time. I was 23 by the time I got free from it, when I got saved from it. But God has given us a her- an inheritance and its children. And we want to give them to Him, but He gives them back. We want Him to take care of them, but He says, No, you train them. And so uh, I, I like to promote uh, Pastor David and Roxanne Swan. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to cry again. <laughs> Because that ministry really helped me because I had no idea. I didn't want children as a, as a heathen. I saw heathen's children. And I said, no, 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 we don't want none of those. Because they would lock them in a room while we all did drugs. And, and you know, they, would, they were little hellions. Well, it wasn't their fault. They didn't have any. They, they had children raising them. But I mean, no, you can raise grass, but you've got to train a vine. And the word train means to restrict, it means to train, it means to wrap. To and once you wrap a vine a couple of times, guess what? You don't have to keep wrapping. It'll go by itself. And the Bible says that. He says, train up a child in the way they should go and even, a lot of people don't, they have a King James and it said, and when they're old, they, they get this gap of, of, of craziness. Well, that's not true. They don't have to have that gap of craziness. You can train them when they're young and they'll stay wrapped all the way. Now, there's an enemy out there that wants to unwrap them. But the word of God promises that if we will train them, they will honor and obey you. And guess what? They'll transfer that right over to God. And when he says, do this, he's not going to say one, two, (laughs) ten, eleven. I don't know who came up with that. Dr. Spock, I think. Because God don't count. The devil don't count. You obey, he's going to take advantage of you. He's not going to count you. He's not going to give you a one, two, three. He's going to hit you hard. He's going to hit you to devour you. He's going to hit you to destroy your life, and it doesn't have to happen. So call them, get the number. I got the number on my phone. You want to get with me after church, I can give it to you. And order, I order 10 or 12, I had one I was going to give away, and my wife opened it before the service, and it's not in there. <laughs> I'm going to give it to somebody. I order 10 or 12, I just, oh man, I see somebody and I go, hey, praise the Lord, you need this. <laughs> amen. Now, I could go ask the nursery workers who needs it in here and they could point you out, but we won't do that because they're being a blessing to your children. Amen. So get, get those tapes and get those, if you're going to be a grandparent, I hear grandparents say this. Uh, I, I, and, and I, I almost get, um, it just frustrates me. They say, I'm going to cake my, my grandkids and I'm going to spoil them real good. That is so wrong. Why do they deserve that? Just because you didn't train your children, are you going to punish your children for their children? That's exactly what it sounds like. You treated me wrong, now I'm going to help your children to treat you wrong. Well, that sounds like a plan of the devil to me. If I was the devil, I'd love for that to be happening. And a lot of it's happening. And in the hour that we're living in right now, they say that with people, children staying home, that schools are where they find out if there's a problem in the home. So if they can't find out there's a problem in the home, problems are going to get greater. So people need to be empowered. And how many of you know when you watch TV nowadays, there's somebody missing in the family? It's dad. Thank God for moms, but listen, dads were created to be the head of the household and to make sure things operate right and to empower the family to function. And you see commercial after commercial with it's the mom and the kids, and they're just fighting and arguing and everything. And where's dad? I look at my wife and goes, where's dad? <laughs> dads need to step up and be anointed to be fathers. Father is an anointed term. Anybody can be a dad if you can... Do certain things. But being a father to children has to be an anointing. And there's an anointing for fathering, an anointing for mothering that comes from the Word of God and comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we all need help. And I remember the Bible says if you love your child, you'll discipline them promptly. And we used to tell my children, we said we're going to love on you just a little bit here because you've made the wrong decision and we're going to have to discipline you. So we're going to love on you. I love you. I'm doing this because I love you. And we did that every time. And our children, they say, when, when we have children, we're going to train them the way y'all trained us. So it works. Praise God. And so my daughter and I were in Walmart one time. And how many of you have ever heard the child in Walmart? You can hear him on the other side of Walmart. And they're going through it. And you're going, oh, Lord. And so they get to the cash register, and the child is about to go out and hadn't got what he wanted, and he's really going at it. And this kid was in the cart and just kicking at her mother and throwing things out of the cart. And, and the mother was embarrassed and she didn't know what to do. And she's just standing there, oh God, I just want to hurry up and get out of here. And my daughter's sitting there staring at her. She looks up at me. She says, she don't love her. She's three. So the teaching that David and Roxanne Swan put out, it enables your children to honor and obey and the price that they pay is small compared to what the world's going to give them. Amen? Because you can train them or the prisons will. (laughs) There's going to be restrictions somewhere. So give it to them at home. Well, I don't believe in spanking. Well, then you don't believe the Word of God. Amen? Because it's not about the spanking, it's about obeying the Word, and God will honor His Word and work in them while you work on the outside. He's given them a special spot. Not for your hands. Your hands are meant to bless. There's a rod. Not your spoons. Not everything you can find in the kitchen. A sanctified special tool that goes with you everywhere you go. I mean, my kids knew we had it everywhere. You can't get out of a place. David and Roxanne Swan sold paddles on their tables. And people wiped them out. They they would buy everything. Because women, you need to have one in your purse. And uh, I saw somebody the other day, they had one look like a big giant boat paddle. I thought, y'all need to make about four out of that and where you can be more successful. Because that's not scaring them enough. It was about fear. And so you don't want to make your children afraid of you because they're going to be afraid of God. You're his representative. So praise the Lord. I want to go into the Word of God today, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Just wanted to give you those uh, nuggets on for training children. If I was a pastor, I would have David and Roxanne on once a week. Well, I'm not once a week. Once a year. Once a year. And this pastor had them for a week long, every night. It packed the place out. And people said, I am so blessed. Now I can, I can have life at home. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it is a light unto our our feet, a lamp unto our path, Father God, that your light, your word illuminates. It imparts life. It imparts direction. It causes us to see all that you are and all that you're doing in the earth. We thank you now. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you. Thank you. There's a lot that could be said, a lot that should be said, but we thank you for that which must be said in this short time that we have now. And I thank you for the Spirit of God working in the lives of every hearer. And we thank you and give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The Bible says, verse 16, In what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk among them now this is the day and the hour that we live in God says I'll dwell in them and I'll walk among them now remember when Jesus was on the earth he walked among his disciples and he began to talk to them about the spirit of truth the Holy Spirit who would come he said he's been with you So if the Holy Spirit is with us, how do we know what He does when He's with us? We have to look at Jesus. Because Jesus said, He's been with you, talking about He's been upon me. And so He's been with you. And what does a man or a woman do that the Spirit of God is upon they give life, they proclaim liberty, they, claim, they proclaim good news, they proclaim freedom wherever they go. They turn on the light, don't they? Amen. Jesus said, He's been with you, and he shall be in you. This is the, this new dispensation that Jesus is talking about that He's going to purchase and pay for. Literally, He's going to shed his blood for his new bride. Glory to God, that's His offer. That's his offer. He's going to shed his blood and that was going to free you from the dominion of darkness. Brother Roland talked about He's going to free you from the power and the dominion of darkness. And now you'll be able to invite God to come and live in you. I will dwell in them and walk among them. That means wherever you go, God is walking among us. Now, there's three three types of the presence of God. There's the omnipresence of God. There's no matter where you go, God is there. Psalms 139. David said, if I ascend to the heavens, you are there. Where can I go from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you're there. If I descend to the lower parts, you are there. There's the omnipresence of God. But because of the fall of Adam, man has lost his sense of the omnipresence of God. People can do ungodly things nowadays in the presence of God. We hear of all kinds of things that are going wrong now, people that are doing things wrong to children and doing things wrong to other people because they have no sense of the omnipresence of God. But then because of the gospel and what Jesus has done, we now have the indwelling presence of God. That omnipresence now is awakened in us through the gospel and we receive Jesus as Lord and we become now a carrier of the indwelling presence of God. And that's for our relationship with God. He indwells us so that we can walk in fellowship, perfect fellowship with him. We're not perfect, but he's perfect. He's perfecting us. How many being perfected? I didn't say you're perfect. I could t- talk to your wife. We could find out all about that or your husband. But we are being perfected. The book of Hebrews is about our perfection process, how we're going to come on one day all the way to Mount Zion. We're going to go all the way to that heavenly place. Amen. Jesus is there, the author and the finisher of our faith, and he has, he has gone before us, and the joy that is now he has put on the inside of us has become our strength. Hallelujah. Amen. How I many of you got the joy of the Lord? Amen. Amen. You, now, you didn't have to check your feelings because it's never a feeling. It's something Jesus said, I gave you. Amen. Sometimes you may have to go, ha, ha, ha. You may have to stir it up. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is in you. He said, I give you. And he said, nobody can take it from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. And so we have that indwelling presence, but Jesus don't want us to stop there. He's demonstrated what the manifest presence looks like. Remember when he went to the, to the river and, and John the Baptist baptized him and the word and the spirit came together and the spirit of God came upon Jesus. And from that day forward, he had never done a miracle When he went to the wedding of Cana, that was the first miracle the Bible says. He didn't turn frogs into Legos when he was a child. He he couldn't do any miracles. Though he was the Son of God, God in the flesh, he could do no mighty miracles. Why? Because he had stepped out of that omnipresent and he's now present. He's now limited to one body. He's no longer omnipresent. And if you're not omnipresent, you're not omniscient. And if you're not omniscient, you're not omnipotent. That's why he had to be anointed to demonstrate to Adam's fallen race what a man or woman of God looks like that has the Spirit of God rest upon them. Why? Because he will draw out and take out of you what God has deposited on the inside. I don't know about you, but when I tell you I get out into communities now, I sense the Holy Spirit just stirring and stirring going, let me out, let me out, let me work, let me move. And I'm going, oh, God, what do you want to do? Oh. Because we are so needed to be the church in the world right now. Not a church under the world, not a church that is doing what the world does, but a church in the midst of the world that is calling them out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. And Jesus is our example. Praise God. So he said, I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, when God says something, there's always a therefore. Here's what we've got to do. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Huh? I tell you, I I work a construction job on the side and I work with guys and I know why I'm there because they're lost it don't take much to find out they're lost a guy came up to me the other day and he said we've been out cutting soil cement and there was cement all over he said look at my GD face (laughs) I mean he just it just flows out of them and I'm going I'm here to shed light in this darkness these people won't be saved if they don't come in contact with the gospel so I get to get them in the truck every now and then by themselves praise the Lord (laughs) and turn some light on and let them know how much, what Jesus has done for them. And, uh, and at first, they're, 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 uh, and, and they'll go, oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's like one time I was working in a, on a job and police wouldn't even go down the street in Alexandria, Louisiana. The police wouldn't even go down it. Every morning we show up, there's bullet holes on the concrete. And these guys are standing on the corner down there selling crack. And we're getting closer and closer as we take the road up and take the road up. And my workers are getting nervous. And I'm going, man, listen, religious people make me more nervous than these guys, okay? These guys here, you can say one word about Jesus, and you have them all under control. I said, religious people aren't like that. They think they know what you're talking about, and they're, conf- they're totally confused. I said, these guys aren't. So as we got down there, that guy, he said, hey, man, you want some of this? He had cracked cocaine in his hand. I said, no, man. I said, i got some stuff make you throw that stuff on the ground. He said, what you got? I mean, I, I, I had him. I said, I got Jesus. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, no, you don't know. I said, because if you know, you wouldn't be standing on this corner holding crack in your hand. And you know what? Their mamas taught them, you don't talk bad about Jesus. He'll kill you. That's how they were trained. So if you're going to do anything, you need to get away from Jesus. But I tell you, religious people make me nervous. Oh, God. And they talk about all this stuff that they have no clue what they have, no connection. At least those people are in the dark and they'll tell you they're in the dark. It's Kind of like prison ministry. got nothing to hide. We're both looking at each other through bars. (laughs) Amen. So he said, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. In this day and hour, we need more sons and daughters who know their father and know their Savior and know their Lord and know their baptizer in the Holy Spirit because we have just stepped through a veil and we've entered into a day and a page has turned and now it's no longer, it's no longer acceptable for you to disagree with the world. It's like last year you could say whatever you wanted to, everybody's, ah, Now you say something about Jesus and people want to kill you. Why? Because the enemy knows his time is short. Yeah. And just like in the book of Acts, we went, we're, we're in about Acts 6 right now. We're gathering the helps ministry together, getting the church all secure and taken care of, but Stephen is about to get inducted into the helps ministry. How many know what happened to Stephen? Stephen knew too much and was willing to say too much. And God is wanting His church to rise up and get the message of the cross on our mouth. Well, it's going to cost me a lot. It already costed you your life. What are you hiding from? Amen. You died when you got saved. You got, if, you didn't get, if you didn't die, if you didn't give up your life, you didn't get any. I'm so glad when I came to the place where I needed Jesus, the preacher said, Jesus gave his life to you. Do you want to give yours to him? He didn't say, how many of you want to go to heaven when you die? Pray this prayer. A moron would not turn, would turn that down. Anybody would jump on that, but you don't have to separate. You don't have to turn from sin. You don't have to do anything but get an insurance policy of heaven when you're still living like the devil on the earth. And people can't tell the difference whether you're a Christian or not. Huh? They go, hey, let's go have a beer. And you go, oh, okay, uh, I'm really a Christian, but I, I can't say anything because they're going to be upset with me. You need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You need a fire encounter from Acts chapter 2. Jesus didn't just leave them Christians when he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. He said, Don't go anywhere and tell anybody anything until you be endued with power from on high. Too many of us have run off without going into the upper room, and we want to tell everybody our story. You know, your, 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 your testimony is important, but God don't confirm it. He confirms Jesus, the testimony of Christ. You can use your testimony to encourage hope that if God can work in this boy, he can work in your life, but he's not going to confirm my testimony to them. He's going to confirm his testimony, but let me tell you what he's done for you. Before you ever knew him, he died on a cross for you. He broke the power of the devil. He, he consummated a relationship for you and God where you can come boldly into the presence of the Father and you can talk to him as daddy, God. Remember when Mary was about to touch him after the resurrection? He said, touch me not. I've not yet ascended to my God and Your God. To my Father and your Father. It's a new day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Because he wants us separate. Why? So that we can stand out. People shouldn't have to give a a, a test questions, 100 questions to find out if you're saved or not. You just don't run with them. Hmm? You just don't run with them. Why? Because that's not what satisfies you anymore. That's not, what, that's not what pushes your buttons anymore. When I got, I was telling a guy uh, yesterday at the hotel, he was talking about alcohol. So I said, I got delivered 36 years ago. Glory to God. And uh, he, well, I only have a little bit, turned around and walked off. <laughs> I wasn't finished. And, uh, but I, I walk into church, an alcoholic, and get born again, and I have nothing to do with it no more. It fell off like butter on a hot August, sunshiny day. Just, (laughs) just wham. Why? Because I gave my life to him. I didn't give my problems to him. I didn't say, fix this, this, and this, and I'll see if I want to live for you. I gave my life to him. Yeah, but I've got a lot of things I want to do in life. Oh, really? How much is it worth? There's coming a day very shortly when it's going to either be your eternity, Uh, how much is it worth then? The devil gets to spend the rest of his life with people that did what they wanted to. And now they're miserable, but they can't do a thing about it. Uh, Think how miserable it's going to be in hell. Oh, it's going to be misery. Torment, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, deep, dark depression, excessive misery you know the rest of the story, some of you older people, back when TV was TV. <laughs> God is separating his people from the world right now. If you're a Christian, it's going to stand out. How do you feel about that? You okay with that? huh? Or are you a little ashamed of Jesus? Remember, Paul had to talk about being ashamed a lot. Because, man, I tell you, these Corinthian people were bad people. I don't know if you've ever done any research on the Corinthians. Wow, we don't have time to get into that, but they were such drunkards that if somebody saw a drunk person in the, in the area, they'd say, Oh, that guy's a drunk. They say, No, he's just a Corinthian. They had vats in their homes. They would just, whenever they run out of alcohol, they'd just drop a bucket in a hole in the floor, pull out, pull out alcohol. They were soldiers, legionnaires, and military people that had moved into that area because Julius Caesar wanted that to be a city, and he raised it back up in AD forty four, and he uh, he he set it set Aphrodite Aphrodite, the goddess of prostitutes, over it to be the goddess, and he thought that was his mother. Everybody say chaos, chaos. and death. And so Paul's having to write to them that you don't get in, you don't. I, I, he went in there at Acts 18 and preached the gospel and called them out of darkness into the light. But now, because they're no longer giving to Aphrodite and they're no longer being part of the world, they can't get a job because if you're not worshiping her, you can't have a job in town. So Paul writes to the Philippians My God shall, my God shall supply all your need. God will take care of you if you'll stand for Him. Amen. So, Paul's having a right to them, and he gives a list of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. People nowadays don't like that list, so they develop churches that throw that list out. Huh? Adulterers, fornicators, prostitutes, male prostitutes is in the list. All in that list, there, Paul said, they'll not inherit the kingdom of God. God does not change. Hmm? I am the Lord, Malachi 3 says, I do not change. My word, I will not change nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips, Psalms 89. But we've got churches nowadays that are falling to the wayside that have joined themselves to the world and they wanted to be nice. And they wanted everybody to like them. And they wanted everybody to just be a part and just be one big happy family. And everything free. And we just do everything and all that. Those churches are shut down and will not even open back up. Some of them had alcohol serving in their foyers. We just want everybody to be happy. Well, the word of God tells me I, I, I needed more than happiness. I need a new birth. And I need to be empowered to live that new birth and to walk in the light of that. Hallelujah. Now, we don't have time to get into everything that we got into the first service. But in the book of Genesis, God said, uh, there's a problem. In, In Genesis 1, we got the earth is without form and void. It's chaos. And death is upon it. There's chaos and death. I mean, no, that's where we're at now today. Chaos is running rampant across the earth and now death has closed, came close to it so that when people get chaotic, now people are dying over it. Wham! People are dying over it. And people are, we got this uh, cancel culture. If we don't like you, we just cancel you. Mark you off. We don't like you. You stand for this. We don't like you. And now people are even showing up at their houses I mean, this thing, the devil is inspiring this thing. He's joining people to his plan. Why? So he can separate them from God eternally. He can't hurt God at all, but he can hurt what hurts God, and that's God's people. And he wants to see as many go to hell as possible. And that door is just about closed. And he is wanting to to run rampant throughout the nations of the earth. But how many know God never sleeps nor slumbers? He's always on on guard. And he goes before us. Hallelujah. And he's always got a plan. And the the resurrection of Christ is greater. Hallelujah. And what the devil has planned is not going to work. But you will have to come out of his kingdom. And you will have to stand separate from him and you will have to glorify the king of kings and lift up Jesus. I found this out real early in my Christian walk because I had a lot of friends and was known as the drunk of the town and all of that stuff and crazy stuff. My dad was one of the most notorious outlaws in Louisiana. He was sought for. And I was usually with him all the time. So we was just always doing stuff wrong, and, and man, when I got saved here's what people st- and I started, found out there was healing in the word and everything. I started going around and minister to this. One person got healed of cancer, and everybody started saying, "The Billy who used to be in the town now is healing people." I thought, well, that's pretty good. That's better than what they used to say. Some people would be offended by that. I was not offended by that. Now I can be a blessing. Isn't it a blessing to get somebody free from cancer rather than teach them how to drink a bunch of alcohol on a Friday night? So we got to make decisions. This is the day of decisions. Men, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decisions. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the God of Jesus or are you going to serve the God of this world? Because payment's coming. Payment's coming. Man, it's coming. I mean, it shows up at the door. Wham! Amen? Just look at things that are going on on the Internet. If somebody says something bad, all of a sudden nobody wants to have nothing to do with that thing. Wham! They can go out of business tomorrow. Hallelujah. So think about it. These are the days when decisions all of a sudden have repercussions right there on the spot. Used to, man, you could make a decision. you You didn't see the results of that for a long time. Now things are different. And the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the waters of the deep and he, he empowered the earth and he turned on the nuclear power plant of the earth and he gave it power. And when God said, let there be light, he turned on the electrical plant and everything now becomes powerful and operational and it's in the spirit. It's not in the natural yet. Day four, he turns on the lights and everything on the outside. But this, he empowered the earth to become the thing that God was, was, Adam was going to need and humanity was going to need from now on. And it was a blessing to him. Hallelujah. And then he put a firmament in the sky, separated the waters above from the waters beneath. And so that there would be a new, a, a greenhouse effect. Trees were grown to 125, 130 feet tall. And the atmosphere was carried just right so that everything would grow to its maximum. In fact, there was a thing the other day. I was listening to a guy and he said they found out what the atmospheric pressure was back there and they built a room and they put a tomato plant in it. And then this atmosphere, that, the way the earth was back then, the plant grew to 16 feet. It produced over 900 tomatoes and it's still producing. So when, Adam, when, when God uh, had, to, had to destroy the earth because everyone, everyone's thoughts were on evil continually, God had to preserve a race because he had told Adam that the seed of woman's going to bruise the head of the serpent. I've got a plan. So I, I've got to preserve this plan. I've got to preserve a family to get this man on the earth so that I can join man back to God. And I tell you, there was was chaos and death, and God separated it, said He divided it, the light from the darkness. But when Adam sinned, he brought chaos and death back into humanity, back into the plan of creation. And from then on, everything was downhill. God had to separate Adam and Eve from the garden. He had to separate Abraham from Lot. He had to separate Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. He had to separate the children of Israel from Egypt. He would impart His Word and He would bring separation. Why? Because He's working His plan. Many people today have never stepped into all that God has for them because all you want is the Word, but you don't let the Spirit separate you into what God has for you. You say, well, oh, well I, you know, I can live this way. Really? Not in this day and hour you can't anymore. God needs you at a certain place at a certain time. How am I going to know that? Those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Spirit of God will wake you up. He'll move. He'll give you a peace about something or not a peace. You've got to let peace make the call. Let peace be the umpire. If you're going into a situation, do you have peace about it or not? then don't do it yet. Back up to where you have peace. Wait on what God wants to do. God is separating people unto a plan that he has for him. He's, separating, he's going to separate the nations. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. We are in the days of separation and joining together. Salvation is a separation plan. Jesus joined us so that God could separate us, so that He could join us together, separate us from the world so that the world would see the way they need to go, the way they need to be. Hallelujah. What does the world see when they see us today? We're about to be tested and we're about to enter into the days of Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8 when you and I may have to give our lives for the gospel. What's going to happen on that day? Are you going to decide I don't want in on this? Well, then your only option is to go to hell. I mean, there are not many options. It's not a vacation in the Philippines or it's not a, you know, sandals, you know, beaches where they've got, it's amazing they haven't taken that off the TV because they got black guys serving you. I mean, it's amazing. It looks like they got slaves serving everybody on the beach. It's amazing they haven't taken that off yet or somebody haven't fussed about it. Somebody ought to say something. God forbid, can't have that. Maybe that's a blessing to them. Maybe that's the only job God's given them. huh? Who are we to judge? We just judge ourselves. Amen? Praise the Lord. How can we end all this? We're at that time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pull up up our, our, our blueprint. I was looking in the book of Joel. And I saw this, and I, 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 all of a sudden, the, the Spirit of God starts showing me all the I wheels, and they go in order, there's, and there's not a, a, others uh, uh, in there. It says, I will send, I will remove, I will restore, I will pour, I will show, I will gather, I will return, I will raise, I will sit to judge, and I will acquit them. I thought, look at this. This is a blueprint. This is, this, is, this is how God operates. I'll send Jesus. He'll remove sin. He'll restore us to the Father. Pour out the Holy Spirit. Show demonstrations and signs in the earth. Gather his people together. Return and raise them up. Sit down. They will be judged before the judgment seat of Christ and he will acquit us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Where are we at? We're in the pour, show and gather. Amen. Well, I don't believe in that outpouring stuff. Well, there it is and you either got to get in or get out or get run over. Because Jesus never ordained one of his children to go around without the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon them. He says, I demonstrate it, then I delegate it. Well, our church don't believe that. Your church may shut down in the days to come because a church without power and demonstration is not the real church. I was, man, I was in Concord, New Hampshire, ministering for a pastor, and I'm preaching, and the Lord says, tell him I only start Pentecostal churches. I said, Jesus only started Pentecostal churches. A guy jumps up about halfway back. He said, I'm offended. I said, I'm not finished. And I'm going, Lord, what else do we say? He said, I never intended a church to be without the power of Pentecost. That guy, he he had been out on the mountains. There was a group of people that were being trained up of how to go into Pentecostal churches and disrupt the services. And he stands up and he won't shut up. He's going now. And the pastor said, get him, get him. So I said, I said, and you want to learn the rest of the story, you can sit down and be quiet. And all the ushers start. He said, oh, yeah, I got your hitman on me now, don't you? And so they had to drag him out of the service. Well, the head usher was, was was used to be the judge in the town. I believe I got my story right. And he went and the Holy Spirit revealed to him that this guy was in a group up in the mountains, told him the whole story. Now this is by word of knowledge. This guy don't know these things. This is the Holy Spirit in power. And he helped get that guy delivered from that group because his life was going to be destroyed because he's fighting against God. Well, I just don't need all that. Well, I pray that changes because Jesus wants you into the fullness of his plan. So he can separate you and make sure, make sure that when he comes to gather and to raise, to to raise us, that you're one of the ones that he rewards with that. Or if you want the world so much, he'll leave you here with him. I don't want the world. I've had the world. How many of you have had enough with sin? You've had enough of sickness, had enough of poverty, had enough of doing without peace and soundness of mind. Well, 1 Peter 4.7, I'm going to read that, and I'm done. 1 Peter 4.7, I encourage you to read the two, gospel, two epistles of Peter because they talk about where we are right now. 1 Peter 4.7, and I'm going to be through. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers and above all these have fervent love for one another. For the love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And he goes on to talk about receiving uh, ministry and and minister it to one another. See, when you receive ministry, when you receive that grace and that work in your life, you're able to help others. I I, I was, in 2013, I quit my job because the Lord said my church has removed the preaching of the gospel. They're removing the preaching of the gospel. I quit my job and ran out and started preaching and doing meetings and stuff like that. And and, uh, the Lord wasn't finished talking, and I just took off. And boy, if you've ever skied downhill and run out of snow, (laughs) (laughs) and you just go nowhere. It just came to a dead stop and I'm going, Lord, what? He said, I wasn't finished. I didn't ask you to quit your job. I didn't ask you to, he said this, I don't need your help. I just need your cooperation. You know, that's where the church is right now. We think we know how to help Jesus. We're going to help him. We're going to help him. We're going to go out there with those sinners and we're going to drink like them and just talk about how, you know, the Lord is good. He don't mind us having a two, a couple, you know. And Wine's good for the stomach. And the problem is the light has now become dark. And Jesus said, you now, it's you now. I'm at the right hand. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to empower you to be the light of the world. How many want to be the light of the world? How many want to be who God says you are? How many want to stand before Jesus and He says, well done, not send it back, cook it more, medium rare? We want to hear well done, don't we? Well, then we got to find out what He said do and be about doing it. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me today. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives thank you you're not going to leave us the same thank you Lord Father I thank you speaking to the hearts and lives of people even all across the world right now there's, wherever this is going I thank you that people are rising up to be the light the world needs to see the true light the light that draws the light that, that causes people to come to the Lamb of God and Lord we thank you that this day and hour you've brought us to. You save this t- the best for last. That you would shine and show forth your light and your power. I thank you that the Spirit of God comes upon each and every one of them right now. I thank you for your power falling, working in every person's life right now. You destroyed. Let the fire of God fall on each person now. In the name of Jesus. I thank you that fire burns out, destroys, works. Many of you have been telling each other. Each other. Oh, we. Just, you know, and you know, I just feel like we need to. We need to change this. We need to change that. That's the spirit of God working in you. Accept it now, and He will move you into what He has for your life right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to minister to those that have need of healing in your body right now? If you would come forward, I know there's people here that have lower intestine problems. Right now, the Lord's going to minister life to you and heal you of that. And people that are, there's a, there's people that are having pain right in the, right in the middle of their chest right now. I don't know what that is, but it's pain. You're in pain right now. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I would just come get my healing and figure it out later. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody needs healing? Anybody needs healing? Come on up here right now. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. This is a healthy church. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Lower intestine problems going to be healed. Pain in the chest. Don't know what that's all about. That's going to go. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. The presence of God, the power of God comes into operation right now in your body. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of God hovers over you right now. Thank you, Father. Babe, come. Glory to God. His hands are laid upon you. power of God goes into you, destroying everything that Christ has redeemed you from, imparting to you everything He's redeemed unto you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, right now, for your wholeness, your power flowing through my sister, destroying everything that Christ redeemed her from. Be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you in line, ma'am, or are you with her? You with her. Praise the Lord. Father, we just release your power right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your healing virtue flowing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Ha ah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I heard that. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Healed in Jesus' name. You're the lower intestines? Yeah, praise God. Ah-ha. Put your hand down here in the lower intestines lower intestine chest in the name of Jesus receive your healing be gone now Jesus name trespassing God's property be healed and made whole Jesus name burning in the chest been there yeah in the name of Jesus Jesus name thank you Lord <laughs> yeah yeah Woo flowing 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 in and going in Jesus mighty name mighty name praise the Lord praise the Lord let's let's, let's lift our hands and thank him right now Lord thank you hallelujah loving on one another this is these are one of us hallelujah it's part of the body glory to God thank you Lord thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We praise you, Father. Thank you. You take such good care of your people. You know, I'll say this and turn it over to Pastor Roland. A Hebrew marriage was all about protection and provision. (laughs) The father would come and ask for the bride... Bible says in Ephesians 1:10, I believe it is, God chose us before the foundation of the world. He chose us as the bride. Hallelujah. And in that promise, in that betrothal, he promised to protect that bride and provide for her until he comes back. Protection and provision. Glory to God. God's your provider and he's your protector. Hallelujah. No evil shall befall you, no plague come nigh your dwelling. That's his marriage promise. And because the bride would have to stop working for the father, I don't know what Proverbs 31 is all about. That woman was making money for dad. And when they were betrothed, they had to stop working and getting ready for marriage for a year. They get prepared for how to have children, how to be a wife, and they no longer work. They cease from their labors. And they enter into the plan of the Father. And so Paul said, My God shall supply all your need because you stopped working. You know a lot of people need to stop working. I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about working as that is your provider. You've been betrothed. You need to get ready for what's coming and use your job as a way to get more people involved in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We love you. What an honor to be back. We'll be praying for your pastors and what God's got going on there. See you in October here for Fall Fest if we don't see you before. God bless you. We love you.
1: Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand? Thank you for being in the house of God. Just stretch your hands out towards Billy and Sarah now let's bless them Father thank you for Billy and Sarah for all that they do for your kingdom Father we just thank you for new doors God being open to them Lord Father thank you for that grit that grace and that gift that works in them Lord in the name of Jesus that's increasing and growing Father thank you for supernatural provision Lord direction in the name of Jesus Lord we bless them in Jesus mighty name amen well it's no secret two hurricanes out there right look here's our pla- here's our place and our part. we pray we believe we prepare if we need to and we trust god he is our god he's not gonna leave us he's not gonna forsake us we're gonna push that over to louisiana let billy deal with it over there <laughs> just kidding god is with us amen Let's pray. Be dismissed. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, for your spirit working in us, Lord, and among us, Lord. We just thank you for all that was said and done, all that you accomplished here this morning, for healings, Lord, for encouragement. Father, we just thank you that as we go to our homes, Lord, we just thank you that we travel in peace. Thank you for your angels that watch over us and protect us and keep us. And Father, we're just so grateful for all that you are. Lord, we do. We honor you. We honor your presence. We honor your spirit in our lives. We just thank you for our pastors. We bless them. Thank you that they travel back safely, protected in Jesus' name for Billy and Sarah as they travel. Thank you, Lord, that they find nothing missing and nothing lacking, Lord, that they'll travel with the blessings of God. And, Lord, we just thank you that here at Island Church we're covered by the blood Empowered by the Word and anointed by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus'
0: Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus.